Today's Bible reading is taken from Proverbs 31, from verses 10 to 31, and it can be found on page 668. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, no harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with the wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, as we've looked through this book of wisdom, some of the highlights in the book, some of it's been familiar and encouraging, some of it's been different and stretching. And Lord, however we found that reading, we pray that you'd be with us now, helping each of us to not just think about wisdom, but really receive your word for us, your wisdom for us, your direction in our lives, that we might trust the right things in life, that we might follow the right things in life, that we might follow you in our lives and walk in wisdom and righteousness all of our days. So please be speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, with um, Love Island uh, hitting our screens this week, um, the topic of relationships is back on the agenda, how to find a perfect partner, how to find true love, um, although when isn't that um, something that people talk about? And this ancient book of Proverbs, um, thousands of years ago, and yet it talks about relationships right the way through, and it ends with this vision of the perfect partner. The book, if, you've tuned, if you're just tuning in today, is the um, story of a father and mother bringing up their son and trying to teach their son to be wise. They talk to him about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom, a right understanding of God and a right awe with God. 
And, uh, because that's the agenda, is how does the world work? How are things as they really are? How do we live well in the world? And the son, by the way, he isn't just anybody. He's the boy who's going to be king one day. And he's raised accordingly. But this book for kings is available to all of us in our Bibles. And if we've read the rest of the book, then what we've just had read to us about this wife of noble character, the one who is worth more than financial riches, she'll sound kind of familiar if we've read the rest of the book. Because at various points, wisdom has been personified and talked about as a remarkable lady. And here at the end of the book, as we find the wife of noble character, we find that she is wise in every aspect. She lives well in the world. She embodies the wisdom that the book speaks about. Which means, married or single, whatever age, whatever stage we're at, there is wisdom for us here. And so this uh, book ends with a final encouragement to make wisdom our lifelong companion. And whether we're married or single or widowed or a widower, this will teach us about our relationship to wisdom and so to God, as well as what we might be looking for in a romantic relationship if we're hoping one day uh, to uh, get married. Uh, And also, therefore, about the people we want to become in the meantime, and if we are in a relationship, the people we want to be in that relationship. So it's multifaceted how this will apply to us. Um, Wisdom is female in this vision, because she is right the way through the book. But to underline that this is for men as well as for women, um, that we all want to be like her, the the word uh, in verse 11 that's translated as noble character here, Um, It also appears in the book of Ruth, and it refers to Ruth herself, and it also refers to Boaz, her eventual husband. So this is male and female. It's for all of us. Okay, ready? Proverbs 31, we're going to focus on this lady wisdom, because she is stunning. Verse 11, just chase through with me. Her husband, thankfully, knows that she's amazing. He recognizes it. Verse 12, that she brings him nothing but good. Verse 13, she makes clothes for the family, and they're not only made from the finest fabrics. Verse 24 suggests that they are fabulous clothes because the distributors are buying them and selling them in the markets. Verse 14, she finds the best food. She knows the right recipes. Verse 15, not only does she do whatever it takes to feed her family, And to make sure as well that her workers are looked after. Different era, hence different um, things going on in the workplace. But verse 16, she manages things well. She manages the investments that the family has well. Verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her whole household. She was working from home long before we thought of it as a good idea. Because the home back then was not just the place of family, it was the place of business and enterprise and the place of education and all the rest of it. And verse 20 as well, she looks after the poor and needy. She doesn't just look after number one or her little clan. Her ability to manage and to bless overflows from her immediate family. 
to the whole community around her. So this lady, she has her own clothing line. She's a businesswoman making investments. She's a chef and nutritionist. She gives money to the poor and the needy, as well as being a wife and a mother who all of her family go, you're amazing. She's pretty practical, isn't she? And she's pretty impressive, isn't she? And it's, it's about, I don't know whether this surprises you or not, but it's about the everyday stuff of the life, doing life well. That's what wisdom is. That's what pleases God. When people in their families, in their workplaces, in their engagement with the community, do life well. And it may be that that is a bit of a surprise for some this morning. It may be that's the takeaway from Proverbs for a number of us is, okay, God isn't just interested in the, quotes spiritual bits of life. He's interested in all of life because he's made us to live well in this world that he's made, not just to sing well or pray well when we gather together. It's, it's everything. It's all for God. It's all from him. And he's delighted when we live life well and we do what's right. And so verse 25, this lady, she isn't just clothed well physically. She's also clothed with strength and dignity. And when other people are terrified about what's coming, what COVID will do next, after the little breather we're going to get, well, her approach is she laughs at the days to come. She lives without fear She lives free because she's living well in God's world. Isn't she stunning, this woman? Don't we want to be like her? In our lives, in our relationships as well. If we're single and hoping to meet someone, we want to marry her, don't we? Or the male equivalent, him. Because this is about what lasts. This is about a foundation. If you build on this, then your relationships will be successful. Your life will be worth living. Your family will be stable. As opposed to verse 30. Did you notice that at the end of this long description? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. As with the other Proverbs, it's well observed. When we meet people for the first time, what do we notice about them? We know the way they look, their clothes, and are they good-looking or not? And we notice, you know, what was it like to talk to them? Did they make us laugh? Were they, were they charming? We notice those things about other people. We find them attractive, rightly. But particularly the modern Western world then says, well, that's enough. We'll build a relationship on that foundation. And Proverbs says, no, that's, don't do that. <laughs> Beauty is fleeting. Wisdom, uh, charm is deceptive. It's, it's great in the moment, but you can't build on it. It's not a foundation. Not like the rest of verse 30, fear of the Lord. That's the foundation that's going to last through the years. Someone who respects God, who takes his word on board and builds their own life on that. Well, you can build a relationship on that. That's wise. That'll last through the years. And those of us who are older, I think we know this from experience, don't we? Um, We've seen examples in our lives of fading beauty and of superficial charm, which is great but only takes you so far. And those who are younger, 
and um, particularly those who are kind of, you know, hoping to meet someone sooner rather than later. When you meet someone who is amazing on the surface, enjoy that, but do look beneath the surface. Is this someone who knows and fears the Lord, who respects what God says in their lives, and who is growing in wisdom? It's particularly helpful for the young guy who is dazzled by how good-looking his girlfriend is. It's great advice to say, well, make sure you you get an invite back to her home and meet her mum and her grandma. Because you will realise that in a few years' time, she will look more like them than she looks today. That is not to say, by the way, with grandmas in the room, I'm about to get shot, I I understand this. Um, It is not to say that granny isn't amazing, especially if she's become more and more wise over the years, more and more like the lady we're reading about in Proverbs 31. That woman, older though she is, will be amazing. But... She's not as good-looking as she used to be. That's what Proverbs is saying. It's just saying, that's how life works, folks. So don't try and build a long-term relationship on how good-looking somebody is. Yeah? Again, this isn't saying, don't compliment your other half, whatever age they are. Uh, don't, if they've been to the hairdresser... Um, Do notice that and uh, compliment that. (laughs) Do laugh at their jokes, even if they are dad jokes or grandpa jokes. You know, don't let's 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 be weird about this. Let's live life well. But the question is not does she look amazing on Instagram or dressed up for a night out. The question is does she live amazing in the middle of a lockdown or in the normal pressures of family life. Does she put wisdom into practice in the way she relates to other people, particularly under pressure? Does she, verse 30, fear the Lord as the foundation of it all? And the same question for any bloke that you meet. Is he like that? Friends, if you're married to a woman like the woman in Proverbs 31, or if you're the son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter of a woman like this, then look with me at verse 28. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Striking, isn't it? That's the example here, is to praise that mum or that wife. Not just once a year on Mother's Day, but every time you see an opportunity to praise her and say thank you to her. And the same would be true of your dad, your husband, your grandpa. That's the culture we want to have in our family families. A willingness to praise and encourage each other, to call out the good, to, to major on the good, not just to sort of, you know, be critical. So too in our church family, to have this culture of praising the good. And it's not just the immediate things, Proverbs will say. It's not just, oh, you know, nice hair have you been to the hairdresser or great earrings are they new it's not just those immediate things it's going deeper it's saying listen you are an amazing mum, and you're just so patient with your kids it's saying um you're a brilliant boss i would love to work in in your department 
Uh, It's saying, gosh, I'm so impressed that you've stayed up half the night to get everything done so that you can get to church or so that you can uh, get your kids to school uh, and actually give your family what what it needs. We could say that about a number of the women in our church, couldn't we? Uh, Well done. Keep going. We could say that about a number of the men in our church. Well done. Keep going. This is about celebrating and complimenting wisdom whenever we see it in each other. And actually it's about celebrating wisdom herself, praising wisdom. All the other things that the world around us praises, you know, amount of cash or or how good looking you are. Sure, fair enough, but nothing compared to wisdom. That's the book of Proverbs. Celebrate whatever is wise and godly and good. Listen to whatever is wise and godly and good so that we absorb the Bible's wisdom and make that our foundation, not simply whatever is current in the culture. And you see, as we praise and celebrate wisdom, we will become a bit more like her in our lives. And we'll be more likely to marry someone a bit more like her if we make that choice. One last thing. The challenge of a a section like this, and actually of of much of Proverbs, um, is the the way it paints these pictures for us, or writes these pictures for us is it, it, it portrays an ideal so there were nods when I say when I said as we read through chapter 31 isn't she amazing there were nods and we go yeah wow but it's kind of the ideal and if we compare ourselves we can think oh I'm not you know, I'm all right there but I'm not so good over there and we we're conscious of falling short well, Proverbs itself in chapters 10 to 29 has wisdom for when that's the case. But this gap between the ideal and where we feel we're at, it highlights why the gospel, the good news about Jesus, really is good news. Because when we get to the New Testament, Jesus is described as Christ our wisdom. Jesus, he's the true son that Proverbs speaks of, who lives well in the world and brings delight to his Father in heaven. And he is Christ our wisdom. Wisdom made flesh, lived out, embodied in all of his words and actions. So when we read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, when we see him encounter people, when we hear him teach and counsel people, we are seeing and hearing wisdom in action. Someone who understands how the world works. Someone who lives well in the world. Someone who understands particularly people. And we see that in Jesus over and over again. And we say, yes, that is wisdom. I want to be like him. And that means it's really astonishing that when Jesus chooses a wife, who does Jesus choose? And you might be thinking, hang on a minute. Jesus never got married. No, no, he didn't. But actually, he is engaged. And when we turn to the end of the Bible, we read about his wedding day. And who does he marry on that day? Yeah? You got it? Anyone? The church. 
Jesus, the ultimately wise one, chooses people like us to be with him forever. People who often aren't that wise, if I'm talking about myself. And yet, the wise one, wisdom, wisdom embodied, Christ who is wisdom, comes and says, I have sufficient wisdom to not only teach you the way, but to make a way for you to come back, to die and pay for all your wrong, all the times that you're foolish, past, present and future, to make a way back to God, to pay for the wrong, and then to give you the Holy Spirit to lead you to be wise. That's the Christian life. Christ the wise one, dying for a bride who's not wise, but to make us his, and then to lead us into wisdom in our lives. So how can you, how can I, be wise and become more wise? First is receive Christ's love, someone with this wisdom who chooses us and brings us back and then will work in us to lead us by the Holy Spirit to become more like him. That's the ultimate wisdom, is to receive that love and then respond to it in our lives by building on the foundation of the fear of the Lord, listening to God, receiving his word, receiving his wisdom, putting it into practice when we fail, going back to him for forgiveness and having another go with his help, with the Holy Spirit leading us and walking in wisdom more and more as we live our lives for the rest of our days. So let's close with a prayer that we might be people who do that. Lord Jesus Christ, you are our wisdom, the one who lived it, and then the one who does what we don't deserve, uh, dies to pay for us, to bring us back, and then leads us into wisdom. And so we pray that we would put Proverbs into practice, that we would be those who do have that awe and that fear and that honor and that respect towards uh, God in our lives, that the fear of the Lord would be in us and would be our foundation. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we would be those who, having known these things, then praise wisdom in our lives, in one another, in our families, and grow in wisdom as we listen and receive and respect and then live out a life that honors you. So continue to work these things in us, we pray. Help us to understand more. Help us to live more in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.